They're up to like seven, so you're calling back like two episodes ago. I think Fast Five is the best one. It sounds the most, it's the most alliterative. Yes, it is. <laughs> it has the full team there. Is The Rock in it yet? Or when yes, did, when that's did he the join? first one with The Rock. Oh, that's probably the Where it's still now. really cool and novel. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah I'm just a big fan of Fast Five. The sixth one was good. The seventh one, I can't, it was okay. You do make a point to see all of these, though. Yeah. Do you see them in the theater? I, um. Do you see them with the bros? I saw them. I had to catch up on them, ah. and I've seen six and seven in the theater. Is it true that Tokyo Drift is not part of like the main canon storyline? Tokyo Drift is like to, to crowbar this in as much anime as we can. <laughs> yeah, so there's a character named Han, uh-huh. and this like starts kind of it starts after the first movie, but before the fifth movie. Okay, so it just it was it was oh, in wait, the no, future. No, no, no. It happens after the fifth movie. But before okay, this is in seven. between the fifth movie, and then there's I don't know if the main character from Tokyo Drift ever comes back because he's kind of just like a one-off who gives a shit. Is he still in Tokyo? They don't go back. They're yeah. in like Dubai and I don't know. I think he like was there because like his dad was working on an army base or something. Some reason a white kid would be in Tokyo. Oh, they didn't even cast. <laughs> oh, no, okay. no, Cody. What do you think this is? No. <sighs> Uh, Welcome to Anime Friendship Hour. Welcome to Anime and Friendship Hour. This is the podcast where we discover what movies the other person's been watching. And we also watch anime. And, and we're also friends. Yes, and that's why we're going to talk about the movies and the anime. But we're main, mostly marketing the anime talk towards you. <laughs> I'm Courtney Magleby, a host. I'm Cody Robson, the Cody host. A episode 81. 81. Is that a significant number? It's nine squared. No, it's not. No, it's not. I don't think so. What has the number 80 done, 81 done for me lately? I guess I don't know. It's no significant. Name one good person who's 81 years old. I'll wait. (laughs) Um, How old is the Dalai Lama? He could be anywhere from 65 to 103. Um, I'm looking that up. Anyways, uh, I guess it's time for (laughs) check-ins. It's time to get the check-in mascot, Chickity China, the check-in chicken. Oh, why? Checkity, why are you so sad? Checkity, are you 81 years old? That's pretty impressive for a bird. Yeah, you look good for your age. Okay, yeah, we'll get on with the check-ins. We'll get on with the check-ins. Dalai Lama is 83. Let that inspire you. Dalai Lama is 83. Can you believe that? My check-in is that I ordered six... I got six things from Amazon today, and I didn't realize that I had bought as much stuff online as I had. Were they in six separate packages? Was yeah, it a it Russian was a, doll situation? Yeah, it was insane. They were in six separate packages. Like I thought you had a whole warehouse so you could consolidate some of this shit. <laughs> Any haunted jewelry? What, what are you getting nowadays? I got some sumac. It's What's a that? Mediterranean spice that makes things kind of tangy. Oh, that's pretty cool. It's okay. That's okay. I mean, no, it is cool. It is for a spice. It's very cool for a check-in. It's Top not spices. as cool. What are you planning on using it on? Um, like falafels or something, or in some yogurt, like a tzatziki, something to just zip it up. That's yeah. pretty flexible. Yeah, that's really fun. Also, I discovered I can do this voice. It's a pretty good voice. Thank you. I can only do it after I've eaten chocolate. <laughs> Cody, what's your check-in? Um, I'm I'm officially fighting racial injustice because football's back. <laughs> this is a kickoff. Is I watched half of a game and it's awful, and I'm regretting my decisions. But uh, it is a clear, it, it is a way to fight the president. 
now. It is a clear dividing line, oh. and you either like football or uh, you're a Trump voter. That can't that, be true. That is 2018. That I'm can't sorry. Be true. I'm sorry. No, Cody. I uh, okay, there is no argument. there is no way around this. But football still supported. But you're still supporting. Tons and tons of multi-million dollar corporations. Yeah, but now those corporations are saying Trump is wrong. But his policies are still <laughs> being made to benefit them. I am wearing my Nike socks. Okay, fair enough. I'm driving my Ford F-150. Who else supported this recently? <laughs> Fuck you, his Amy thought I might check it. <laughs> getting fact-checked, heckled by my wife? I guess so, but I... I refuse to accept a world where sports is how we're going to take down the system. I the system is you. sports. And that's is untrue. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. This is the world we find ourselves in. Listen, I'll watch any fucking Colin Kaepernick believe in yourself fucking commercial. <laughs> I'll do that. You just won't watch him run the read option. No, fuck that shit. <laughs> fuck, fuck, A. Football will always be toxic masculinity. Fuck yourself. It's true. Um, I don't know. I just, I fucking... I'm not asking you to like it. I'm just telling no, you. I'm checking in. No, I just in. feel like this is the wider issue with the Trump presidency is that it's lowered the fucking bar so oh, low. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. That even football can be cool now. I mean, so you know who else is cool? The FBI. How did we get here? <laughs> That's where we're at. <laughs> it's a big tent now. We're all on the boat and we're all sinking. I'm going to move to Toronto. <laughs> I'm going to be a commercial actor in Toronto, and and then all I'll have to complain about is injustices done to indigenous people. First Nations. First Nations. You can work on your New Yorker accent, because that's where all the New York scenes are shot. Yep. <laughs> hey, hey, I'm stacking boxes over here. <laughs> hey, have you heard about these First Nations women being abducted? <laughs> It's the news I read in between stacking boxes over here. Abducted? Holy shit. Oh, yeah, bitch. Jesus. All we do is poison their water. I mean, we probably do. We probably abduct some people. We probably did, yeah. Those children. Well, this is a depressing start to what is otherwise a very delightful thing we watched. Uh, Little Witch Act. I was very upset when the uh, the, uh, academia. 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 Little Witch TV? Little Witch 2? I don't know what to call There is Little Witch the series. The I, series. Yeah. So this, unlike almost every anime we watched, started with movies. Yes. And now became a with series. With OVA's original video anime. Awkwardly timed short movies. Yes. Yeah. And basically that's like what that Like a 42-minute movie. Yeah. <laughs> and then like an hour, 10-minute movie. And then now a regular-ass 22-minute TV show. Yeah. And I figured this would be good. It's basically... The consolidation of the last two shows that we watched. Yeah, it's 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 uh it's the Miyazaki. I want to get in on the witch school game, uh, movie. Daily lives of high school witches. Daily and then daily lives of high school boys. Yes, uh, I I I I think I was really 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 into the first Little Witch we watched. It was one of my favorite things. I I love Little Witch on the podcast. This show I feel is a little more aimed towards children than those two were. Um, it's a little simpler and plainer. I feel like it's just not as good. Yeah, but it's delightful and wholesome, and it's I wholesome. love it. <laughs> it's but fine. It's, it's fine. Yeah, I think they went in the right order. I think the my I've complained so much on this podcast about things that were big series, and then they consolidate them into movies later, mm-hmm. and then that's what I watch. Yeah, and then they expect me to give a shit, and they're going too fast, and they're not doing it right, and they're trying to jam in too many things that happened over a course of a decent period of time into a short period of time. And yeah. I'm like, I, I just not even connecting with anything here. They had two kick-ass movies or OVAs. Yeah. And now we're really slowing everything down. And I'm still like engaged because I had fun during the fun movies that were made for people who hadn't seen anything. I feel like I had fun during the fun movies, but I, I feel like this is way too slowed down for me. It is. It's, it's it, like, I think it's a children's cartoon. It's not a cartoon that, I think I it's don't, specifically I don't for. think it's made for kids because I think it's one of those animes that's a Netflix original. I think the way it's marketed in Japan is in such a way that it's like the only the really hardcore, hardcore anime people are going to be watching it. Well, that feels like a mistake. Yeah. it's not very well structured the, plot-wise. Yeah. <laughs> it, it is not. <laughs> 
I think it's for people who really like animation flexing. They just like animation's cool. There's a lot of cool effects. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, like people just like, oh, everything looks nice, and that's why I like it. And it's like, like people like as adults watch Steven Universe and shit. It's like, okay, <laughs> that's supposed to be really good. I haven't seen it. It's supposed it's to be fine. progressive as shit. Is it? Is it really not? It like, is like progressive, funny, or... or clever, or it's just kind it's of. It's not okay? funny. People are going to try and tell you it's funny. It's not fucking funny. Is I also haven't seen Adventure Time. I've heard Adventure Time has jokes. It's a delight. It's, it's literally funny. Okay. Steven Universe. I wouldn't say more. it's literally funny. <laughs> I said it has jokes. Thorns are out. Jesus. What's the what's the funniest cartoon on TV right now? Funniest cartoon on TV. I like uh World of Gumball. <laughs> what is that? The Amazing World of Gumball. It's Amazing about, World of Gumball? It's about a cat who goes to school with a bunch of other weird creatures, except they're never commented on their creature. He has an adopted fish brother. Okay. His dad is a rabbit. His mom is another cat. He has a rabbit sister. Is this a Western or is it an anime? It's a Western. I, I was saying funniest Western thing right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of what I was asking, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. And I mean, also, for that's made for kids. Oh. To me, this is the one that has the most joke jokes. Right. Let's do the jokes. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, funniest anime, I guess, Pop Team Epic. It's like... It's almost so memey yeah. that I don't want to give it credit for comedy writing. Yeah, it's just like tapped into the energy, but it's not like I, structured it, enough to be like that. You have successfully successfully performed comedy. Right, right. It's a sketch show. Yeah. Anyway, so we watched the first five episodes. I think. Yeah, uh, and it kind of does a rewrite on the story as we've learned it in the movie. Yeah. I kind of like that, like because this is usually done in the opposite direction, where the movie tries to consolidate it. This one's like, oh. well, let's like take our time and like really walk through. Oh, it. see, I felt like no, I felt like I wanted to start right where the movies left off. Uh, that like, would have been bad. Yeah, I wanted to like start in the middle. Don't wait for anything. <laughs> Just keep going. I want. I wanted the whole Harry Potter experience. I don't know. I wanted to be at the subway. For, there's a lot of public transit problems in the first like episode. <laughs> there's a lot of public transit. So the first episode, it starts with the, her at the Shiny Chariot show. Shiny Chariot is a witch who does stage shows. Yeah, and it, it makes everyone who watches it go, oh shit, am I watching the right one? Because it's the exact same opening as the first OVA, which is also considered episode one on Netflix, right? And so yeah. it is not at all clear what you're watching. But then uh, after that, completely reboots everything we're talking about. And it's very clear we're in modern day. I don't know how much the first um, OVAs did that, but kids are playing fucking Nintendo DS. I feel shit. like they had stuff in the OVA that like the, if the you village just is just around. a little so quaint. It's like a little yeah, English. It's village. like a side countryside village, but I think it made it clear that they're in modern day. Okay, you have like mechanic witch and she has like game boys and shit going around sure it was hard to tell of how much that was like magically enabled or if she was just like taking night school classes down <laughs> at the, at the... <laughs> i think she learned everything from youtube videos <laughs> that she watched in her little orb yes powered exactly. by their little night her little uh wisp slave that hangs around in your desk when you're out there <laughs> Um, Anyways, the fir- the majority of this first episode is Akko trying to find the bus stop yep. to get to the witch school. Uh-huh. She bumps into Susie, who they said was kind of a villain right away. Yeah! The way they set up Susie was like, how did they... How did they friends? I, I But we get to see kind of her slowly get one over maybe a little bit, whereas before it was just kind of like assumed. Susie's always unmotivated. Susie's always unmotivated, but I guess for me, in the first episode's... I could just accept that this like cynical, dour, unmotivated person will just be friends with these random two people because it's high school. What else <laughs> the fuck are you gonna do? None of your friends make sense in high school. Nothing makes sense. Uh, and then there's someone I, I always call her Pidge from from, Lote. from Pidge from Voltron. I always think of the chocolate Lote. That's a Japanese oh. chocolate brand. Oh. Do you think it's a callback to that, or it's? A I think it's to that? just supposed to sound European. Oh, okay. and that's why it is. You know, uh, Susie sets them up to get attacked by a cockatrice, <laughs> so that she can get its poison feather. She's already trying to murder them. Yeah, so she can get a weaponized potion. I was like, I know it's a cartoon, and relationships don't work the same way in real life. But I don't know how I'd feel about someone who literally <laughs> tried to kill me. Uh, I'd be a little standoffish. I'm just saying. Yeah. I mean, we'll see. Uh, she's still the best character. I don't know. I miss Daria too much, maybe. What? <laughs> I miss Daria too much, maybe, but Susie's still yeah. my favorite character. 
All the characters seemed less fun to me is the thing. It was just a little toned down. Like, yeah, it was, it was just... toned down. The things were toned up. I like they toned up Diana being like the perfect student. Mm-hmm. Like, like that was always a thing, but she was around so much now that it was yeah. like, all right, we have to go through this fucking thing every episode. I get it. She has to do both a, a bad thing and a good thing every yeah. episode versus like the movie that was kind of like the whole arc. Yeah. Yeah. There's the um part, the pop, plot point about Akko not being able to fly a broom. And if she can't fly a broom to the opening ceremony, she'll be late, and then she'll never be allowed in the school. She never learns to fly the broom. She does not. And I'm in, in the episode about flying a broom. Did she learn how to fly a broom? I, when, when we saw that, because there was a scene of this in the first OVA, and I was like, oh, basically every scene in the OVA is going to have a whole episode, right? Yeah. And then this was a learning to fly a broom episode. Still didn't learn to fly the broom. Nope. I was, and it kind of it's like... I know we can't have any character actually progress because this is comedy, but you are disserving her as an educator. <laughs> no one is helping the student. How many episodes are there? Maybe she gets her right at the end of the series or something. I mean, like she's flying the broom in the opening. Yeah, that's true. So maybe something happens, but maybe not. I thought she'd get to keep that really cool blo- uh, broom. I guess we'll talk about that when we get to it. But uh, Anyways. Um, she finds the shiny rod. It really only appears in this first episode that much, or maybe the first couple. Yeah. But that's okay. And the shining rod it was shining chariot's wand. Right. And it doesn't look like a wand. It's more of a staff. <laughs> it's a a rod. Yeah, I don't know. It's got little gemstones on it. So so shining chariot is like this ninja turtles on ice entertainer that yes. none of the witches like. Um, and they very they more on the nose than they do in the OVAs. Make it pretty clear that it's one of the teachers that's yeah. kind of taking care of them. Like like why not uh, washed up or whatnot? Uh, they, they become I roommates. I would say she's washed up. Well, she's not a rock star. She's yeah. no longer on ice. Well, okay, we're going to take the on ice thing. Like, you get to 34, you can't do your fucking axles anymore. It doesn't mean you're a bad skater. It just can't, means... Can't you be a talking head on VH1 or something? Like, isn't yeah, there more but opportunities you love the that? sport. You don't want to sit and talk about it. You want to be on the ice. <laughs> you want to be grading new shiny chariots. Yeah. Because you love the game. I guess then this is the only game in town is the school. Yeah, that's true. Which has one-tenth of the population that it used to have, and this is a budget crisis. It's a budget crisis. The it's budget. a magic school. <laughs> yeah, and they talk about how it's, like, the best school. It's like, is it? If they have no cash? I I take um, umbrage with the fact that their magic stone is called a sorcerer's stone, which I think is... Patriarchy. Some, well, yeah. First of all, it's a male stone on an all-female school. What's that about? Um, but I think the term sorcerer's stone began when... The American rebranding in the first Harry Potter book changed it from Philosopher's Stone, which is a thing that's thousands of years old, to Sorcerer's Stone because American children don't know what a fucking Philosopher's Stone is, right? <laughs> I, and now we're calling it a Sorcerer's Stone. I thought it was like the same idea in alchemy, and it could be called either one. Okay, maybe that's the case. I've always heard it called a Philosopher's Stone, and I didn't like the Harry Potter thing, and I don't like this, but I guess maybe maybe it was always just whatever. It's a loose translation from Gaelic yeah. or some shit, right? Probably. Um, anyway, the whole point of that stone in mythology is that it turns stuff into gold. So how yeah. do you have a fiscal crisis? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but I guess it's the source of magic here. It's up on their tower. It kind of it helps world build a little bit because it's like how are they not just running the universe? Kind of like in Harry Potter. Like yeah. how is there war when like you're fucking magic? Why are you I not doing what enough? What is the reason in Harry Potter? I don't know. That's why it's kind of frustrating. Like how come how how are there so many evils in the world when you have fucking magic and like you're yeah. just kind of keeping to yourself? It's like Wakanda, right? At the end of at the end of Black Panther, they're like, okay, let's help the world with our magic because that was the big moral conundrum of yeah. having magic and not sharing it. In this show, they're like, oh, well, it only works within a ten mile radius of this one spot. I'm like, well, okay, okay, fair enough. As long as but you can also can't... like put that shit on wheels, baby. <laughs> and they do do that in the OVAs. If they can make like food and export it, like first of all, how are they poor? And then how are they not like a cultural center? I... It's okay. It's okay. Wait, th- Maybe there's rules. Make food? No, I'm saying like, what if you had magic? Even oh, if it was yeah. stuck in one spot, like you could still solve all also, the problems. Also, they got, they like, got like shipments of food, so maybe they can't make food. They were importing potatoes for Christ's sake. Yeah, too many starches. Too many starches. Oh, I there. I hope that there is there is some explanation. But you know, for you this. can get all your vitamins from potatoes. That's As, true. It's potatoes too. and milk, right? It's it's something. Potatoes and you can't get protein things. from potatoes. That's like the one. Do I you need you protein get, though? You probably need pro. It gives you energy. It helps you build muscle and stuff. Mm. You should have some protein. You should have some protein. Yeah, I don't think you need it. Like 
I think if you're a little baby and you got little baby muscles, you need to be growing, <laughs> then you should definitely get some protein. I mean, that's the thing. Uh, milk has protein. Right. So maybe it is potatoes and milk. I think that's what I've heard. Yeah. It's like the absolute minimum, like... Like that's what I don't know what's in Soylent, but it looks like it's just potato milk, right? Mm-hmm. Looks gross. I think it's like flour and milk. Actually, it probably tastes like a protein shake, but without flavor. No, protein shakes are like I mean they're not great, but they're better than that. They always leave like this like powdery residue in my mouth. Yeah, and I'm like, is that uh, the is that the protein? Some do. I don't know, and some just leave a weird powdery gloops on the cup, but not yeah. in your mouth. Protein shakes are weird. They are weird. Anyways, episode number... She gets to the school in time. Oh, I wanted to say the whole plot device of you have to get to the opening ceremony or I'll never be allowed into the school. Yeah. That seems like a plot device, but I would believe it would happen in Japan. Yeah, that's true. But they're hiring, There's, like... There's, like, legitimate, legitimately rules. If you don't get to school before, like, the gates close, you don't get to go to school wow. that day. And it's like, fuck you. That's pretty serious. It's like... It's so counterintuitive, though. I guess they have such a reliable public transit system. For us, it's like, oh, I missed the bus. I'm an hour and a half late. Yeah. In Japan, it's like, I missed the train. I'm 75 seconds late. <laughs> I mean, I think depending on where you live, it can still be not that good. If you're in the rural areas, yeah, maybe. Yeah. I feel like in school, I was just taught like, oh, if you don't finish it on time, if you don't do all your work, at least turn it in so you can get some credit. Yeah, yeah. Like the teacher at least wants something Time to input to you. Something to grade. So if you're saying, well, don't show up for a whole fucking day, you late <laughs> piece of shit, that just seems intuitive, counterintuitive to are, me. Are uh, teachers in Japan just not afraid of parents? Because I think so. Because in America, like, the parents will I think scorched Japan, earth, like, come down on you. <laughs> I think in Japan, the parents are afraid of the teachers. Right. Yeah. There's no, like, PTA that has, like, a uh, equal standing amongst the <laughs> administration. I think that, like, they do meetings and stuff. I just think that school's taken so seriously that it's, like, parents don't fuck around. And right. they're willing to blame their own children. Cause... The teacher's, like, the CEO of the classroom. Yeah. Whereas, like, I feel like if three white women in Wisconsin got together, they could get any teacher fired. Yeah. If we just threw sheer effort. Just... With, with no- doing nothing wrong on the teacher's <laughs> Like, it's just, like... People, enough organization america deserves take someone down america deserves what we get because we don't <laughs> fucking teachers like the most it should be not even just the most revered occupation but it's the most unthreatening occupation they're just teaching some some shit right you know and it's like one of the most long-term important things to your society exactly and yeah it's, there's part of my uh, book, Bullshit Jobs, talks about this. It's called Moral Envy. And it's like, because you get something out of your job, we get to shit on you. So it's like, you get to teach children, and they'll look up to you and respect you, and some of them will love you forever. Then you get garbage pay and don't get to complain and don't get to unionize that Moral well. Moral Envy. I've never felt like anyone's envy. I've never envied a teacher. Well, it's not that I get the envy- point. I don't think the labeling. Sure. The, it, it does sound a little grandiose, but it means it's like you... Some of your work feels like it has something in common with charity work. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Right. No, that's I work. I, I all my jobs have been basically that. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, this is no different. School's boring. Uh, the teachers aren't all super competent. <laughs> I don't know. The administration doesn't come off like super they put come together. Off as, like just like a group of people who just happen to have their jobs, which is what a lot of school administrators are. It is honest. more real estate, but like thinking like Hogwarts. Oh, as long as we're still talking about teachers, how do fucking administrators? get away with the shit they get away with because they do less for the process of educating but they almost always have more money yeah i don't know i don't i don't know what so there's like your your leadership or your principal vice principals and stuff but then like their staffers i don't know if they get paid more or less i i feel like i almost always hear about administration getting more money than the teachers yeah i do know that like College budgets have been completely overrun by administration. Yeah. And that accounts for a lot of the rise in Funny how the people who do the fucking payroll get the best payroll. (laughs) You go into finance to make money? Yeah. 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 That's capitalism. Anyone who's interested in handling money should be burned at the stake. (laughs) If you went into school to make money... You're fucking piece of garbage uh, trash. Some of us went to school for video games and settled for making money. (laughs) (laughs) Do you notice my new monitor? It's pretty sick. Anyway... (laughs) 
Anyway, she, she collects cards. Oh yeah, she plays a children's card game. Oh, you see how much I love this. I'm sorry, I, it's I, bad. Yeah, you know what I loved about that was um, when they, she's trying to play with Susie, and Susie's like, "How can you do stuff that's not written on the cards?" And it's like, "Yeah, Yu-Gi-Oh, bitch." <laughs> so it's implied that she doesn't really know the rules and cheats and just does whatever she wants. And when she won like eleven in a row, and she's like, "Let's play again." <laughs> um. And they're really cool and ornate looking. Uh, they look like the greatest cards. Yeah, they look I wish sick. more cards had an untraditional card shape. Yes, that would be cool. It would probably be, uh, I don't know if it would be easier or harder to shuffle. But have you ever played like a, a regular set of like 52 cards, but like they're weird shaped? Like I've had some decks that were like circles and some decks that were like yeah. long skinny Tetris pieces. It just makes it more fun. It's just like nice to hold. I, I used to have a friend who had like, Oh, we were to have tarot cards that were circles. Oh, that's cool. Yes, they're great. <laughs> Circular cards. Bring them back. Uh, what even happened in episode two? I, I was struck um, by the cards. She's, was that the... Oh, the memorial tree. The memorial oh, tree is yeah, dying. Yeah, the memorial tree. Ugh. And one of the cards has the shiny moth uh, butterfly thing on it. Yeah. Um. So Miss Miss Perfect Perfect Diana is like, hey, teachers fuck off i'm gonna save the tree don't worry i know what i'm doing and she uses a regenerative spell on the tree works great at first <laughs> there's little baddies on the tree and yeah they suck up all the energy and so she pulls out her magic missiles and starts shooting them but uh-oh bad move twist twist number one is the baddies twist number two is the baddies are actually not baddies they're the magical butterflies. Yeah. Uh, and so Akko just throws herself in front of like an alive magic missile and just gets nailed. And then uh, it's I have written lesbians everywhere. Oh, yeah. They spring out and start flying around. Or whatever. That is how that happens. <laughs> I don't know. So each plot line of these episodes is like really simple. Yeah. It is. Um, concept introduced. Akko doesn't understand the concept. Diana understands the concept very well. Akko's going to try to master the concept. She fails. A plot element is introduced. This makes her like th- Akko thinks she has a handle of it. Oh, she doesn't. Diana will try to fi- fix the situation. She doesn't quite either. Through a series of fumbles, Akko fixes the situation. <laughs> and everyone's like, huh, huh. And I would say that is probably one of the more better structured and complicated versions of an episode. <laughs> Some of them are literally, we should do this, and then they do that, and it works. <laughs> and there is absolutely no deviation or twist whatsoever, and I think we're coming up on one of those. Okay, episode three. Is that the... Um... The broom episode. Yeah, we're at the broom episode. I love the broom uh, instructor, because she's got the aviator goggles and shit. Yeah. They each are like the different witch types. I'm basically really excited to play whatever video game they make of this, because I each... think they made a video game, but it was like a text-based adventure. Oh, that sounds fun. Sounds like it could be fun. <laughs> I mean, it's like one of those things, sometimes text-based adventures, great. Sometimes it's like, let me move around, let me play a game. Yeah, they're kind of old school nostalgic and like no one would like sit down and make one today. Yeah. I mean, unless you make it for the express person of giving the player the chance to fuck a thing. <laughs> That's like the main thing people use text-based games for. Is it erotica or whatever? Oh, yeah. Where have you been? I no, not on Not on Steam interactive apparently. Yeah. Anyways. <laughs> Uh, there's a broom relay race uh, that Chariot won in 1984. Sokka wants to win it, but doesn't know how to fly. But the team steps up and creates a whole way for them to win the race without her having any idea how to fly. And it they're involves gonna going. Cheat. They're going to go get the magic broom from the item shop in town. Oh, they see it, but they would never steal it. Guess who would steal it? Amanda. Amanda, the punk rocker. Amanda is a. It, she's a spunky little lesbian. She does acrobatics on her broom, uh, and she steals shit. Yeah, there's kind of a second Scooby Squad here, which is yes. Amanda the Punk Rocker, uh, the girl that eats all the time, and then like the little mechanist. Yeah. Background characters unite. Yeah. <laughs> they have their own union. Um, there was a fun... Okay, so this, this because it's a Netflix original, has really good dubbing and really good localization of everything, in my opinion, of the subs. Once in a while, there's a funny disconnect between the subs and the dubs. And one of them was about this broom. Because someone says the special, this the the shooting star, the shooting star special room, uh, it's so good it crossed the Atlantic Ocean, or as it was translated, it crossed the Pacific Ocean. 
<laughs> it's like, what? Like, is one of these supposed to be like Eurocentric one supposed to be like Japan centric? Yes. But I was just like, okay. I it's mean, so good across the Mediterranean Ocean. <laughs> somebody like highlighted that in the red and like, we gotta change that. Fuck like, no. that. <laughs> Pacific all the way, baby. <laughs> what would be more impressive? I think Pacific. I think Pacific's larger. Yeah. But it depends how north south you go, I guess, maybe. But also, maybe the Atlantic is more tempestuous. Mm. I don't know. That was a really good vocabulary. Right Thank there. you. Is it a temp- They also have different names for different natural disasters in the two oceans. So I'm not sure if the tempest is a Pacific Ocean or an Atlantic, like typhoon versus oh, hurricane. Oh, I thought tempest. I mean, the tempest yeah. is Shakespeare. Oh, which so- would probably Atlantic then. Okay. We got there. <laughs> Is it a squall in the <laughs> in the Pacific Ocean? All right, so squall is from Final Fantasy, so that's Japanese. There we go, we did it. <laughs> All right, um, so we have a lot of fun with her trying different ways to get her broom to let her fly. She begs the broom, she negs the broom, <laughs> she does. She worships the broom, she encourages the broom. This show is so wholesome. It's How dare fun. you be bored? <laughs> You know what I was saying a lot of time a lot of the time was like you can just write anything if it's animated. Yeah. You can just write any comedy bit if it's animated. Well, that's why I felt like this was actually for children cuz it felt yeah. like that level yeah, of okay. like like but maybe not. It, it was rated Y7 but it, it would be rated Y7 if it was for 15 year olds, right? Yeah. There's a news reporter, a MC type person, the Luna Nova News Network or LNNN. LNN <laughs> And then, uh, yeah, they, they do well in the race because uh, Susie is an evil person and sabotages everything, mm-hmm. which is uh, awesome. Science Girl has a robot broom, which comes up in later episodes, which is just great. Yeah, so she figures out a way for all the people to get stopped at the starting line. Uh, Lote just takes off, then gets to Susie. Uh, she tricks Fat Girl with donuts. Yeah. Easy play. <laughs> easy riding. I was hoping play. they kind of take their put off that gas pedal a little bit from the OVAs, but not really. Nah, bar only gets lower. <laughs> yeah, basically. Uh, really fun thing. How do they fix the problem with Akko not being able to fly? How do they do it? They make her broom be able to hop on things. <laughs> it bounces around. It's just like out of the Miyazaki movie, right? Yeah, uh, it's all good. But then, uh-oh, Amanda stole the broom, and it got out of control, and then... Akko gets on the broom, and then I didn't understand the sequence that happened afterwards. She rides past a Yeti, a submarine, and a 747. And then somehow comes back to where Luna Nova is. <laughs> but no further in the race. Yeah. It's like, what's just happening with the time and space here? Yeah, and then Diana has to save her, because of course. Ugh. But then she, but she, then she pulls a cannon out of nowhere, like Secret of Mana style. Yeah. <laughs> That felt cheap. I was that like, this was... is a children's show, but uh, uh, come on. Yeah. I was also like, why don't you just cannon yourself to the <laughs> finish line? Like, at least have, like, the mechanist girl, like, be on their team. Or, I don't know. It was literally just, like, a, I'll reach off screen. It's like an improv thing where you're like, look, I have a cannon. Yeah. That was easy. <laughs> um, they're just having fun, but, uh, yeah. This is, this is kind of the sloppiness of, like, these kind of episodes. Yeah. Where it's just like, nobody cares. Just get to where we're going. Yeah, let's um, just get there. Uh, and what we're where we're getting to is that Akko almost wins, but then she doesn't. Yeah. And it's like, okay. And it's kind of like, again, it's like I know nothing can actually progress, but it's like I don't care if she almost wins. <laughs> I don't know. I, yeah. I mean, it would be too cheap if she won. Yeah, it would be too cheap. It also would be like, you know, it's like she doesn't win, but she also... They don't ever set up her actually learning something fundamental. Yeah, no. So I'm not, like, being able to buy into the idea that she's actually progressing as a witch. I guess, like, power-wise, she can't have something to hold over Diana, but yeah. later she will use this to hold it over Amanda. Yes. And so coming in second between the two of them, at least, like, character dynamics. It creates, yeah, tension. They get to <laughs> argue about shit. Uh, episode four was probably my favorite, because it was all about Lote just being a big nerd. That one was really fun. She's into these YA novels, which they actually call YA novels. <laughs> it's called Nightfall. When I saw the cover, I was like, is that a Twilight parody? And it was. Yeah. There was basically, there's the vampire guy, the werewolf guy, Be- the girl. She- Belle instead of Bella. Yeah. yeah. 
All right, Cody, I want you to give me your your pitch for the next Nightfall installment. They established this little long-running <laughs> series, 365 different volumes. I want to hear Cody's pitch. All right, so the next one, Belle um, gets a distress signal from the moon, which is where Arthur ended up, right? Yes. So she gets in the spaceship. She arrives at the moon. But then, oh, no, it turns out Arthur's been dead for 100 years. <gasps> oh, Because there's a distortion in the time, space-time field. Uh, and then... Uh, Does that mean she gets to go back to her fiancé? Well, there's a whole colony there, right? And she's meeting these new people. But then it becomes clear that they're the descendants of Arthur from his original voyage. And he is oh. this, like, like, this original figure or whatever. Um, but they have a disease. Uh, and it turns out it's because something from her spaceship has radioactive these people whose immune systems are not temporarily aligned with her materialism from Earth. But it's, it, you know what it is? It's the Sorcerer's Stone. Oh, it's the Sorcerer's Stone. Wait, but yeah, because in the books, the school still exists in the books. Okay, uh, so then uh, she threw Where's up. Edward in all of this? Edward, Ed- Edgar, I'm sorry. Edgar, Edgar is working an honest job at UPS in Philadelphia. <laughs> Uh, huh? Because we shouldn't shame people for work, even if they had something more glorious. Jeffrey Owens. <laughs> anyway, uh, it, it turns out that uh, uh, the grandson of Arthur uh, helps her uh, go back through the distortion field, um, which may or may not cure them of their disease, but it changed the timeline, uh, and therefore they never fell that into that trap to begin with. Um, and, and she's able to uh, uh, save Arthur uh, because now she's on the planet when he lands and can and prevent... So really, she killed all those people, if you think about it, because now they don't exist. It's like the unborn. I like that. I like that. That's I like really that I, character development that we, she's a murderer now. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the next, uh, uh, <laughs> the next author's problem, I guess. <laughs> the moral consequences of changing the future to save one person who's already dead. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, soul. Pretty good. Soul. Pretty, Pretty good. good. Okay. You didn't mention a hydrangeas, but I'll take it. Oh, uh, that's right. Oh, maybe that was the hydrangea came through the portal. Oh, there and we the go. The spores there were. We fu- okay. There we go. Thank you. Yeah. That's why you need an editor. <laughs> Booked. Let's get you to a Barnes and Noble to sign some shit. <laughs> um. Anyways, yeah. So basically, Lote likes this book series. They get in trouble because they stole a tart. They're Clayton. needlessly getting in. Tr- they're already on like double probation. And it's like the setup is they've already been in trouble. And you're yeah. like, guys, why would you? You're at magic school. <laughs> is this not enough for you? Uh, um, I mean, tell that to the kids at universities that sexually assault their yeah, peers. Tell that to any kid, any person. Is this not enough? <sighs> they leave on the potato truck, which is great. That's great. They set up that there's too many starches, and that's why they had to steal a tart or something. And now... This potato truck that comes once a day. Uh, tart doesn't not have starch, though. I mean, it has carbs. That's true. Was it the tart then? I forget. There was some food thing. Oh, they were, no, was, they were they in stole class. A tart. I think in the next class, uh, they're making food. Yeah. And that's when she's complaining about the potatoes. Um, anyway, the guard is some sort of troll. There are like little minions. There's, I think there's trolls and goblins. Yeah, and there are fairies who do the chores for them, as we'll establish later. Right. And they're also their internet connection or something. Yeah. Um, but in any case, they skip out on the back of the truck. They go into town for the, the release of volume 365 and the appearance of the author. <gasps> yeah. She's so reclusive, though. <gasps> she's kind of a brat. Yeah, she's just like this 12-year-old who's kind of a bitch, doesn't really want to be there. On her iPhone with her headphones on. Yeah, uh, and there's a, a there's a quiz who can answer the most right questions about the series. And guess who did it? Who wins? <laughs> it's Lotte! Yay! Uh, and guess what? She wins. She is cursed with the gifts of a fountain pen. And that makes her the new author. Yay. Because guess what? There's been multiple authors of this series. It is like 120 years old, they said. Yeah. And this girl's like eight. <laughs> but it's a witch. So yeah. like uh. I don't know. And then it's just like Lote trying to find the author again to give it back to her. And they do that. And Lote's convinced the author that the author's good at being an author. This is like the whole plot. It's like, oh, no, you're cursed with this. You know what you should do? Find the author, tell them they're great, and make their spirits happy. They'll take the pen back, and everything will work out. And then for five minutes, we watch exactly that happen with no deviation, and then the episode's over. (laughs) And I was like, oh, this is a kid show. (laughs) Yeah. But uh, I don't know. I I still didn't hate it. It isn't bad. There's a spirit in the pen. If I knew, you know what? I was going to say, 
if I knew specifically it was marketed at kids, I don't still don't think it is specifically marketed as kids. It might not be. It might not be. But for a kids show, it is good and enjoyable. It made me like be like, wow, if my brother had had two girls that were four and six, I'd sit their asses in front of this yeah, when they exactly. come over, and I'd be so happy to watch it with them. Mm-hmm. Or even better, boys. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, this this pen has a spirit, and Lotte can talk to spirits, because like, she probably did that in the movie, and we have to establish her yeah. powers. And it's just this little chill guy, like, like a little pipe. And he like only can talk to her, and he's just it, he talks to her to, to explain the plot or whatever. And then once in a while, he just pops out and just chills out with a little pipe. Mm. And I was like, "Is this that guy? It's a nice guy. I just like him." Um, yeah, Akko doesn't understand why Lote wouldn't want to be like yeah. her hero. Right. And then Lote explains that she doesn't have to be like her hero because she has her own strengths. And then Akko learns. Then we don't see this knowledge show played out in the other episodes, but it's fine. She also doesn't like. Yeah, she's not really challenged by it. It's basically just Lote says, "Hey." You don't have to be the person. You could just support them, and that could be your thing. And then a bunch of stuff happens to Lotte, and then Akko just repeats that verbatim later yeah. as if she's the main character. Yep. <laughs> and it's like, all right. And, and in her defense, she is. <laughs> That's true. The th- thing Annabelle said about was about negative online reviews of her book. Yeah. So it is kind of like a modern, like, kids kind of need to be exposed to the idea that this will happen to you. That's true, um, yeah. So there, there, as far as the teaching of the audience, I guess, this is like trying to introduce new modern like i'm trying to think like what did ninja turtles teach me you know and it was like you can't just see pizza like i forget what the problems in the 90s were for little boys what, but... what did i learn from ninja i think i learned teamwork teamwork is, is a big one and I'm sure. like your bros and stuff don't be an asshole i think um, oh you have to like be a good ninja student i think is you can't play your music too loud and stuff oh, you can't right. always be a party dude right michelangelo would fuck off and be a party dude Raphael would be an asshole yeah um, you can be who you are, but don't be who you are like too fucking much. Like keep that shit. You know, you have a shared living space. So. <laughs> you're one bandana away from being indistinguishable from everyone else, <laughs> unless you're in the comics, in which case you're completely different races. Yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, in the comic I read, they all had the same color bandana. Oh yeah. Yeah, and they all looked the same. Was it in black and white? <laughs> yeah. Oh. Okay. Mine, I think, may have been a redraw of the first. Maybe one, the very, very, first or maybe one, yeah. it was the very, very first one. And yeah, it was, the, the, there is three very different shades of green or four or whatever in the in the colored comics. I think. Yeah, yeah. Mine, mine was black and white, so I could not tell. You the read difference. the Ninja Turtles manga? Yes, I guess. Damn. Uh, I mean, I just got one copy of it from a church book drive. Wow. I mean, I don't know if it's that impressive. Wow. <laughs> was the hot dish uh, made of pizza that day? Yep. Okay. It's tortellinis. Ah. Uh, anyways, what were you talking about? I don't know. Episode five. Episode five. Uh, Akko really likes pickled plums. You ever had a pickled plum? Oh God, they're fucking great. I have a whole jar of pickled plums at my house. Is plums a uh, uh, thing that you are? Uh, <laughs> your heritage? I've never had a plum in my life, so that's why I'm like, where do the plums, plums? come from? You never had a fucking plum? Uh, no. Is this a? It's is, a stone fruit. Yeah. Is is this? Um, well, first off, you just missed fucking plum season, so now I can't get you a plum. Thanks for letting me. <laughs> Shit, can you a shitty imported plum from Greece or something? Uh, uh, pickled plums are like sweet. No, no, they're not sweet. They're like sour and salty. They start sweet, and then you pickle them, and they get sour and salty, and you put it on your rice, and you're like, ooh, yeah. You put it on rice? Yeah, bitch. Dang. Okay. They're like a specialty. If you go to a Japanese place and I, I'll, I'll try to order something with it, and you can oh, it's see. Japanese. Yeah. Oh, okay. I was trying to get that. Where's what's the origin of this? Yeah, um, it's Japanese. It's very Japanese. Gotcha. Um, the Japanese national dish, at least during to, during World War II, was just a box of rice and a pickled plum because it was super cheap. It was filling, and it reminded you about how much you had to love Japan. Oh. So that's. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, going. Yeah. <laughs> um, the potion professor is like a straight up like comical Halloween witch. Yeah, she's great. They do all different witch styles, which they did in the OEs, which is, I don't know, that's fun. Uh, dragons come and steal the sorcerer's stone. Oh, yeah. They're a prized possession that they have no security with watching over whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, the girls are like, we're going to go save it. And the teacher's like, mm, no, no, don't save it. And then I was like, something's up. Mm-hmm. Something's up. These teachers aren't surprised enough. They don't seem to have their shit together. They don't. They're not like <gasps> enough. They're like, well, we're on top of it. And it's like that makes me think you're not on top of it. <laughs> like the the Hogwarts teacher is 
are either like five levels and past you of being good or five levels past you being evil. Yeah. And these people just seem like they're jobbers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which yeah. we find out they basically are. So all the Sorcerer Stone's gone, so it's all their fairies, so now they have to do the laundry themselves. <laughs> ah! They have like a, a, a exercise bike. Oh, yeah. That was fun. With one distracted conversation, the Mecha girl like constructed like a whole like laundry uh, <laughs> production line or whatever <laughs> and fixed everything for them. Um, and Chips Girl, I guess, is really strong because she eats all those chips. I guess. And made all the water come out. I don't know. Whatever. They're off to fight the dragons. Yeah, they go to find the dragons. Um, they get to the dragon lair. They get captured by the dragons and shit. And there's a little bit of a fight scene. It's cool. It's fine. Yeah. The the dragon twist is kind of funny. It's just one old dude. Yeah, it's just one old looking dragon. And he stole the sorcerer's stone. So they set up the dragons used to eat witches. Mm-hmm. He's not interested in that. No. Um, he lent money to the witches and they have not paid back his interest. He's like a baby boomer. Yeah. He's very concerned with finances, despite not needing him or needing to spend any of it. Yeah. He's at this big computer desk. He runs a variant of Mac OS X. <laughs> I think he even has Internet Explorer. Like, I think they just literally put that on there. Uh, and then he's, he, he tracks, he's got stocks and bonds. And yeah, and the, the, the school loans him money and they come and they don't have it. They're like, can we interest you in artifacts? It's like, nah, bitch, give me that money. And you would think this might lead to events happening, but it doesn't because then Diana appears and says, look, there's a document that says that you didn't have any, when you originally let the money, there is no interest involved. Mm-mm. And Which I don't, I think even like the Mesopotamian artifacts they've recounted were about bookkeeping of loans. And yeah. They definitely involved interest. Oh, there yeah. has never been such a thing as a loan without interest <laughs> until like Islam came around and made it illegal. Or, Damn, Islam. Yeah, they're special banks. I think it's Islam. It's one of the. It's it's a non Christian religion, which is basically like. Yeah. No, which I, which I get it because uh, I believe it. Banks are bullshit. <laughs> banks can suck my dick. Anyway, so that, that episode, they just kind of shame him into giving it back, and he does. Yeah. Even though he's I a mean, big dragon, well, like whatever. Sure. Okay. Direct action. You got it. <laughs> so I don't. That's all. These episodes are one offs. They're wholesome. They're simple. They're great for your nieces and nephews. I think that's our conclusion. Yeah, yeah. If you are tasked with taking care of someone's children and you want to blow those kids' minds with something they haven't seen before, try that. Although it's on Netflix, so they maybe have. (laughs) Or they've skipped past it and decided they didn't want to watch it and you're not going to be able to convince them otherwise. So you know what? Tough shit, man. You shouldn't have given them that iPad that one afternoon. Yeah. It's all gone. (laughs) Little Witch Academia. You know what we should check out though. What is the is, is the spinoff series uh, workplace comedy? Uh, Suddenly, Susie. <laughs> should we just flip it on right now? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Whoop. That's the TV turning on. Mm, hey, the water in the water cooler tastes weird today. <laughs> I don't know. I think it's okay. We should drink lots of it. Yeah, drink it and then turn into a pigeon. Whoop. <laughs> Hey, Larry, have you lost weight? <laughs> Susie, I'm going to need to see you in my office. <laughs> Gulp. Feeds don't fail me now. <laughs> I love that episode. Uh, yeah. I'm glad her feets didn't fail her. Her feets? Yeah. F-E-A-T-S or F-E-E-T-S? F-E-E-T-S. Oh, okay. Feats don't fail me. I guess we were playing Dungeons and Dragons, so that'd be a fun thing to say. Yeah, and this, there's so much overlap, I really wasn't sure. Oh, great app, great app. Anyways, it's time for the part of the show that we always rely on to carry us into the end of the show. It's it's Fan Corner. Fan, fan, fan corner. corner. Fan Corner. It's Fan Corner. Fan Corner. Fan Corner. Fan. We have a new follow. Elizabeth Shrop dot 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 name cut off on 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 SoundCloud on SoundCloud. Well, thank you, Elizabeth Shrop to the dot. Most listen to City that we haven't talked about. Elkhorn, Nebraska. Elkhorn, Nebraska. I didn't know they had elks in Nebraska. I believe it. I do too. Um, what do they make in Nebraska? Um, Warren Buffett's. Oh fuck yeah yeah you know what? I feel like I spend a lot of time being. Hating Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk lately. I have not, you know, spent my time hating Warren Buffett, which I really should keep on doing. He's just kind of like the fun grandpa. Mm. Like, he probably killed some people in Korea, but, like, you know, he's... <laughs> what does he own He's again? not, like, overtly racist. What? 
he, what does he own again? Uh, Berkshire Hathaway, which is mostly just a, a investment holding company. Like it doesn't like make anything. Oh, okay. He just like helps people make their thing without like. He just know. buys large prices of other companies and carries them until profitable and sells them. So he doesn't like get involved with any company making anything. It's a purely yeah. financial endeavor. But I don't. I. I mean, he I went know. to school to make money. I know. I don't. <laughs> you don't it, like it. Oh, I hate it. I hate it. Uh, oh man. Anyways. Alcorn, great job, Warren Buffett. Jimmy Warren Buffett. That was my favorite musical. Okay. Cody, remember that great Jimmy Warren Buffett song? Is he that like Pina Colada guy? Yes. Yeah, um, if you like. No, no, no. no. Oh, God, God, I have to explain Jimmy Buffett to you. Okay. Yeah, you do. So he's not the If You Like Pina Coladas. That was an independent songwriter guy. And I think he did some other stuff. But he's his most in- famous song by himself is that. Um, Jimmy Buffett is Cheeseburger in Paradise. Oh, yeah. Margaritaville? Yeah, Margaritaville. His chain, Margaritaville. Living in Nebraska. Buying parts of companies. Wearing my glasses like an old dude. (laughs) Look like Bernie Sanders. (laughs) I'm worth 49,000 times more. (laughs) I donate to Democrats, but sometimes I don't. (laughs) Some may say that there's a poor people I should help. I don't know. Do, 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 do. Slate capitalism. (laughs) I love that song. It's kind of depressing. All right. Oh, thank you, Elkhorn, Nebraska. Thank you, Elkhorn. Thank you, new followers. Please leave us a comment on soundcloud.com slash animatefrenchpower or animatefrenchpower.com, facebook.com slash animatefrenchpower. Your choice. Do all of it. Do all of it. You can be friends with me on Facebook. I always put that out there. No one ever tries to. <laughs> Just, like, give me a message so I know what the... Explain yourself. Yeah, explain yourself. And then, yes. But otherwise... You know, protect your neck. <laughs> I've been Courtney McElroy. You have that. I've been Courtney Goodbye, Jojo. Hey, everyone. I want to thank you so much for listening. And also, really quickly, want to credit Kevin McLeod for our music, Delightful D. I hope it was delightful, everyone. Also, if we're so lucky as to have this on iTunes, please rate and review. I assume you listen to other podcasts. So you should know it helps a lot. And if you don't, it helps a lot. I love you so much.